Hey folks, Big Jake here just to take a minute and remind you that Music the Lifeblood is not a politically correct podcast. So the following episode might have some colorful commentary on the subjects at hand. Listener discretion is advised. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to... Music, the lifeblood. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music, the Lifeblood, where we always like to do something old, something new. I'm your very humble host, Dustin. This week, something old lyrics. Woohoo! Big Jake and I will be breaking down the good, the bad, the ugly, and the brutal of some of our most favorite. And noteworthy lyrics stick around because it gets real gnarly. But first, I want to let you know that this week's episode of Music the Lifeblood is brought to you by my favorite Midwestern record store, Indie CD and Vinyl, located in the throbbing heart of the Broad Ripple neighborhood of Indianapolis, Indiana. They've got stacks of wax to feed your vinyl addiction, metal, punk rock, hardcore, crazy indie shit you've never heard of that your best friend told you about, reggae, jazz, hip-hop, and on and on. Find Indie CD and Vinyl on Facebook and Twitter, at Indie CD and Vinyl. Make sure you spell it I-N-D-Y. Indie CD and Vinyl, where they have shit tons of records that you got to buy what's up shitbirds it's big jake from music the lifeblood he just called you a shitbird and you know what i realized lately i'm not getting any younger old age means weak boners so to hang on to my youth with a desperate iron grip i got music the lifeblood a snapchat hardcore sweaty dick dicks so get on your app and add mtlb snap that's mtlb snap more hardcore sweaty dick dicks so you can see what I'm listening to, what I'm playing, and whatever I'm just up to that day. Taking hardcore sweaty dick dicks. So come be extra, throw shade, and stay woke AF, fam. Stupid people lingo. With MTLB Snap. MTLB Snap, fuck yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned in to another episode of Music the Lifeblood. Big Jake, what are we talking about? You get them tattooed on you, they're in your favorite song, they mean things, they make you cry, they make you happy. We're talking about lyrics today. Yeah. Yep. The good, the bad, the ugly, the the suggestive, the brutal, the the, uh, controversial. Politically incorrect. Oh, yeah, well, you win some, you lose some. Perhaps. (laughs) Perhaps some things. All right, so what what makes uh, what makes a good lyric? What what touches you? What touches you deep down? <laughs> what touches my naughty bits? Touches um, you deep down in me those... personally, or are you like overall? Uh, you just you personally. Me personally, um, it usually has to tie into something that I have experienced personally, mm. or is so power metal and ridiculous that I'm just like, fuck yeah! And I'm just like getting into it. <laughs> I want horsebacks and swords and fire and cannons and lasers. The, I want it all. The, the mists of Avalon. Yeah, I want. I want the. I like the adventure, the, the feel of adventure. The walls of Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> along those lines is what I enjoy. But mm. the, the lyrics that hit home the most are things that I can, that I can 
pretend that it, it makes it feel like this song is about me in a, some way. A, a touchstone. Yes, it make it makes me feel better about my situation. Dare I say, Bruce Springsteen is singing directly to me. Mm, I mean, sure. That's fine. <laughs> Retroactively, before you were around, he was like, I'm writing this song for this boy that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> I got I got some Bruce Springsteen on my list. Oh, really? I do. Yeah. I have mine. I don't have any like real. I'm not going to turn any heads with with my list. Not so much. No one's going to be like, I didn't know that Big Jake liked that band. It's, no, it's pretty like, yeah. There's some Dragon Force on there. <laughs> like, I got. We're gonna we're gonna we're actually gonna uh, we're actually gonna talk about. Um, uh, dare I say, my most favorite song ever written. Really? Yeah. That's gonna happen. This is this is about to happen, and I'm, That's, so, I'm sorry. Ugh. There it was. <laughs> Got those energy drinks for these for these AM sessions. That's actually just bare. Is it at at you know eleven AM? <laughs> I'm just. Is I'm it just, eleven AM or is it noon? It's no, it is noon. You're oh, it's right. It's noon. You can start drinking. Yeah, you're right. You're fine. Five o'clock yeah, somewhere. Fine. <laughs> We're good. I'm just killing PBR and ham. Says the straight edge guy. Right. All right. All right. So before we before we get into the the meat of the discussion, yes. as always, yes, I would like to remind everyone that music the lifeblood has a Patreon, and we will gladly take that money. You are not doing a damn thing. We with. accept. Uh, American currency. You can convert all of your other country into American currency. Feel free to pay. We will accept your rupees and your gill. Um, <laughs> we will accept your uh, sim simoleons. Right. Uh, we will take it all. We'll take it all. Yeah, we'll take it all. We can convert euros into uh, into U.S. dollar. I wonder what, a, wonder what a rupee would go for in 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 U.S. I don't know. Like and a, they are giant, colorful gems. Imagine they go for pretty high. Maybe like an ice cream cone. Anyway, <laughs> Music the Lightblood has a Patreon. We want you to go check it out. Get on Patreon, www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Give us Just your money and we'll send you some. Search things. Music the Lightblood. There's a bunch of different uh, things you can uh, choose to do. Increments as little as a dollar, all the way up to 500 Which is a lot. And you can you can get some stuff in the process. So Indeed. If you, if you decide to be a regular patron, if you want to do as much as $500 a month, we will take it. That is... We will absolutely who, take you it. You are a, a hero if but, you're doing 500 bucks. But let's be realistic. Most of you are probably going to fall somewhere between the one dollar and, and ten dollar range, one five. which uh, which could be stickers, could be buttons. You Pins. could get a handwritten lyric sheet, all kinds of great stuff. So, can I give ten dollars so we can write me a handwritten lyric sheet? <laughs> I'll draw one for you. Thanks, thanks. All right, so go check it out. Go check us out on the Patreon. Also, we want to remind everyone that Music the Lifeblood is on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, yep. and we want to encourage everyone to go check out the Music the Lifeblood YouTube channel, yep. where there's. Conversations Oodles. from the pit. Oodles of things happening, whether it's uh, Vinyl Thursday episodes brought to you by yours truly, breaking down whatever is floating around in my head, or the conversations from the pit show that we have between myself and hardcore Mr. John Carter. But Johnny I think C. I think John has officially waived the hardcore moniker at this point. Yeah, he, is he is he is he's, he is he back to uh, I think he's Solar won. Sailor Johnny C? I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, with to be John, fair, but, I didn't. Get, uh, I didn't get to pick my moniker, so fuck him. Right. Nobody even calls me by my name. You know, when you're when you're of John Carter's stature, there's just certain things you get to do. What do you mean? We're both bigger <laughs> than him. <laughs> I don't think we are. 
I think we are. I don't think we are. I think we're I both think like we're... a foot taller than him. Right. Give, give it everybody side by side and we'll measure. Anyway, let's take a quick break yep. and then we're going to come back with the lyrics episode. Let's do it. What? Fucko. Yeah, you. Who are you? Do you listen to Music of the Lifeblood on SoundCloud? Because you should. Because I might be touching myself right now. Gross. And you should also like, comment, and subscribe. What are you doing? Don't come in! All right, here we go. Let's do it. And I quote. Oh. You ready? Yep. Pounding the world like a battering ram. Forging the furnace for the final grand slam. Chopping away at the source, soon the course will be done, leaving a trail of destruction that's second to none. Who is that? Judas Priest. That's fucking dope. <laughs> I like that. So Judas Priest in the early A's put out an album called uh, British Still. Yeah. And on British Still, there's an opening track called Rapid Fire. Yeah. Easily, hands down, one of my most favorite Judas Priest songs in the entirety of the 40-plus year catalog. Uh, and that's one of the things that really, really struck me yeah. the moment that I heard it, because it starts off with it. Pounding the world <laughs> like a battering ram. <laughs> it's, it's incredible, but but what I, what I want to read, there's a middle section yeah. of this song that... that just hits the nail on the head. Yeah, there's a lot of these that I've picked out that are just like single or two lines within songs that are just like, oh, that's so good. Things that just <laughs> yeah, struck yeah. you. Yeah. But the middle section of this song, the middle section of this song has always gotten me because the double bass kicks in. They're doing some amazing kind of muted, yeah, you know, yeah. sort of palm muting stuff going on. And it goes, it goes like this. <clears throat> Wielding the axe comes the one culmination that's always seemed certain to bring down the curtain of greed. Fuck. Sifting the good from the bad, it's the age for the rage of the dogs which must fall into just and be free. That's fucking good. Now great for the vandals who are trampled and sampled till the place condition brought forth demolition to war. The slipping and sliding, corrosive subsiding that withered (laughs) and waned till the world seemed all drained fills the bay... Rapid fire, Judas Priest. That's a little susy when you get it, when you read it without the music. It gets a little susy. Not that's a bad thing. A little it's just bit, like, but I the mean, the metric was very like it rhymed real hard. Yeah. It did. Well, and you should the 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 rhythm at which yeah. Rob Halford says this stuff. I think mm-hmm. is what. Uh, uh, granted, this is amazing prose. Yeah. So props to Rob Halford for writing these lyrics. Um, the writing team within Judas Priest has always been the combination of K.K. Downing, Glenn Tipton, and Rob Halford. They were the ones that write the songs. Yeah. And then the rhythm section comes in and fills everything Lays in. But until we get to Redeemer end. of Souls, obviously, Richie Faulkner's in the band, so it's Richie, Glenn, and Rob at that point. Yeah. But um, Rob Halford's timbre, his choice of rhythm, where he's hitting things, make these make them just jump out. Yeah. Just this, absolutely jump out. When I write lyrics, I have to really be careful what I write because I also fall into the, like, I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam I am. <laughs> like, I fall into that really, really right. bad. Right. So I have to really watch what I do. So you start reading that, and I was like, ooh, this feels familiar. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an incredible song. And uh, when I when I when I said to you, Jake, 
Let's do let's do a lyrics episode. Is that what triggered it? This is primarily what I was thinking about. Good. I was like, I want to talk about rapid fire. Let's do it. I want to do it. We're talking it. Wielding the axe comes the one culmination that's always seems certain to bring down the curtain of green. I guess I will pick a a metal one in my list, like a really metal one, since since you picked uh Picked all metal one because I have like some metal shit. I have some like inspirational shit, oh. and I have like some like shit that hit me hard. Oh, so I got I ran the gamut on this. Heavens to Murgatroyd! Oh, oh goodness. Um, so um, enthrall to the evil lord, a procession of the damned, sweating blood to serve the beast, desolation of their souls. They slave in fire, whips of Hades at their back. The Scourge of Iron, Hell's Eternal Pact. Lash them, rip their skin, Scourge of Iron, rendering flesh. On Earth they lived by force. Now the villains marched in chains. Men of violence doomed in death, the reward for a life of sin. They slave for eons, there will be no relief. Mere pawns of evil, used and then enslaved. Lash them, rip their skin, Scourge of Iron, rendering flesh. Lash them, rip their skin, Scourge of Iron, rendering flesh. Is that cannibal? Yeah, it is. Okay. Scourge, Scourge of Iron, Rudderick Flash. That's a little less. Uh, that's a little less horror. It's, yeah, it's a little more. It's. It, that's why I picked this one in particular. So that's my favorite Cannibal Corpse song, and lyrically, it's also a little bit more "quote unquote" uplifting than usual because yeah. the bad people are getting their comeuppance in this one, right. rather than this is a bitch getting murdered. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. It's so always like, it's always interesting to when Cannibal Corpse deviate. Yeah, but like from, on Earth they lived by force. Now the villains march in chains. Men of violence doomed in death. Their reward for a life of sin is fucking rad. That's good so line. good. That's good <laughs> who's, the, who's the primary lyricist in Cannibal? I think it's Corpse it Grinder. George? I think it's Corpse Grinder. Yeah. Okay. Because when you when you look at the CDs, it always has Fishers on every single song. Okay. So. Hmm. Yeah, I love that lyric, and it that like I don't usually get into super brutal lyrics because a lot of times when it gets to that level, I just chuckle at them. Yeah, like I'm not that guy that's like, oh, that's so brutal. It's just like that's just silly. <laughs> like, come on. When when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, my cousin Dave lived with uh, lived yeah. with my family, and um, you know he's like a brother to uh, me and my my brother Derek. To us, and I don't know where it came from. Yeah, um, I don't even know if it was a song, an actual song lyric, mm-hmm. or what it was. But we would walk around the house saying, "We force you to kill your brother, eat his blood and brains, rotting flesh and sucking bone till everyone's insane." Don <laughs> da, don don dust. Yeah. <laughs> we walk around the house saying that all the time, and I, I remember the first time I ever heard Cannibal Corpse, and that, and I wanted. I wonder if that's a Cannibel Corpse lyric. Yeah, that's got to you know, be a like, Cannibal Corpse lyric. <laughs> it's been like a year just listening. Hey, can I borrow a Cannibal Corpse album? I got to find yeah. this song. <laughs> I got to find it. I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you first venture into metal, it's so like interesting because like when you lyrically like until you get used to hearing that style of vocal, right. you literally can't understand it. And that's what people don't understand is that you have to be 
kind of jacked in to this that genre to like be able to to get those words sure, in there. Sure. And still some vocalists are better than others when it comes to enunciation and, and timing and rhythm. So like there are bands that I like that I can will openly admit I don't know when they're saying. And there are bands <laughs> I like, like Cannibal Corpse, who George enunciates very well. He does. Uh Amonamarth, uh, Johan enunciates very well. Like there are bands who do it better than others. So you know, um, I hope someday, someday, someday. Yeah, you someday. got so dreamy there for a minute. Someday, when the Black Dahlia murder is no more. Oh, he enunciates really well too. I want Trevor to just write like some. I want him to be like the second HP Lovecraft. <laughs> That's what I want to have happen. We know what need to happen. We need to get Trevor on the show. We do. That's what Tre- to Trevor is. Uh, I, I would say, in my opinion, in my opinion, yeah. is one of the most fascinating short story writers. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That I've ever, that ever, ever. I remember the first time I read the lyrics to a vulgar picture. Yeah. Was that on Miasma? I think so. Yeah. I think it's on Miasma. But I remember the first time I read those lyrics, I just went, huh. Yep. I'm. He has a weird way of things that I'm uncomfortable with hearing in a song, he finds a way to make it awesome. He does. And I'm like, yeah! Yeah, and he has a, he has a varied approach to... He has a varied rhythmic approach yeah. to what he's doing. And... I think it makes I think it makes the Black Dahlia Murder obviously makes it stronger overall. Yeah. But one of the things that stands out to me the most about Trevor's lyrics is his ability to seamlessly sort of um genre hop between fantasy, horror, you know, and, yeah. and blur the lines. Like even with like uh all the like l- sort sort of you know, sometimes it has like an Elizabethan romance quality I think to it. a it's- lot of times when... Because there's other bands who do this example about to give you. When you write things that are based a lot of times in religion, pros or cons, right. it kind of ha- blurs that line on its own of fantasy and horror. Because yeah. gener- generally speaking, it uh, people who write about religious in metal are usually like not for religion it's not right. not everybody is you know striper so <laughs> so like it's the the horror aspect comes from kind of being so just I, no, nothing okay, Sorry. okay. So, I'm just, no i'm just saying i think it's funny you, you know their last episode we were talking about we've created the music the lifeblood world yeah striper is just is just like the Stri- king striper yeah. is in that world like, just exist just like doing like, the same thing they do in this world actively traversing the countryside <laughs> In in the red in and the, the big black in the and yellow, yellow van black, in the yellow and black <laughs> and the holy, holy roller, holy roller. <laughs> I just think like it's just just you know driving through town driving through music the light blood land every every now and then going here's, oh, hey. here's here's a pamphlet <laughs> I'm like thanks <laughs> but um, anyway, I uh, but it, it went like Avenged Sevenfold does it specifically on City of Evil where like most of those songs are a lot a lot of those songs are very religiously fueled and they come off as a really like they've blurred that line between fantasy and like fact and fantasy mm, and horror. Sure, and they all blur sure. together like that. And that's something that's really cool. And like when you write like that, I think it just naturally does that. And Black Dahlia Murder very much writes about religion a lot. Yeah, they do. And yeah. uh but he that he just has a really weird way of like when they're new out, the newest, the newest album, the last one, 
can't remember, I can't remember the album title, but the song was "Raped in Hatred" by Vines of Thorn. It's on. It's on Everblack. That Everblack. Raped yes, in hatred by Vines. Yeah, like, I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to like that song. I just read the back of the CD, and then it came on. I was like, "Fuck, this is my favorite song on this album." Right. <laughs> I think. Um, what did, uh, what album is uh, was it on? Stirring Seas of Salted Blood. Is that Horrible Night? Uh, I think it's on Nocturnal. No, it's not. It's on. I think it's on Ritual. I think it's on this. The Horrible Night is Nocturnal. Excuse me. That's a song on Nocturnal. Got that goofed. It's on one of those two. Okay. It's on one of those two. But uh, it's one of the rare times that he uses he uses the death metal vocal almost the entire song. His high vocal has so much more. Like you hear that, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's Black Dahlia Murder." Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But his when he when he just go when he goes the low. All yeah. the time that sometimes that stands out more. Yeah, because he doesn't do me. it all the time. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't do it much. I remember the 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 rowing sound at the end of that song. Yeah, you know, <sighs> it's just it's just interesting. Unstirring seas <laughs> of salted blood. Every time we talk about them, I immediately just want to start listening in to them. Like I, I'm <laughs> right. always cause right. one of those bands right. that like I love, but I forget. They they fall into this like weird wayside where they're not on they're my regular have, rotation. They're, they're gonna have they're gonna have a great career in the next five, ten years, they're gonna turn around and go, Oh, we made it. Yeah, we have a lot of people listening to us. Yeah, right we now. Yeah. And, and we got a secure income. They're gonna be, I'm telling you, they're on the same path. They're on the same path from a um from Almost, almost like being a, almost being like a subcultural touchstone for the death metal community. Oh, absolutely, yeah. they're going to fill the shoes that Cannibal Corpse fill. I think they're, in terms of modern death metal, I think they are one of the biggest names. Yeah, like they yeah. are huge. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize how big they were yeah. until like cause Indianapolis is not. No- unfortunately, we're not known for our crowds at shows. Right, people don't come to shows in Indiana. It's a bummer. Um, I've played with like Battlecross before and I was like Battlecross just played like mayhem and stuff like that's a big Battlecross is a big band and we played with them in Kokomo and 20 people showed up and it's like what the fuck but then Black Dahlia Murder came to the Emerson so, so I had I had my expectations yeah. set to medium because that's what Indi- Indianapolis right. has 600 people showed up to that show and Emerson was completely shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, this is a big band. Yep. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's, fa- it's fascinating. What's another one? What's another one for you? All right. Um, okay. So um, it comes up occasionally. Yeah. Um, it comes up occasionally and I've yet to do anything in official music, the lifeblood sense about uh, regarding this album, but everyone knows um, if you've listened to the back catalog of Music the Lifeblood, you know that I am absolutely have had this 20 plus year infatuation with an album by the band Elastica. I knew it was going to be that one. And, I knew it. <laughs> um, um, it's, it's the album that I would not be who I am today without that album. I understand that. It Do- yeah. doesn't matter what kind of day I'm having. It doesn't matter. I list at a minimum. Listen at a yeah. minimum. Listen. Make sure to listen to that album once a week. Yeah. Um. I ca- I cannot articulate how important that album is to me. It's I their self titled. Yeah. It's just their self titled first album. Um. It's a jangly English alternative band. D- d- f- I, I, for the most part, a kind of 
unexceptional band in a way in in that wave of music. Yeah. They came and they went and then they were gone. Yep. I understand that. Um fascinating band. Are any me. of them still doing anything now? Justine, their singer um yeah. and their rhythm guitar player or I don't know. I mean, it's not like they're shredding or anything. The guitar but, player. Um, but one of the guitar players, Justine, she's she's parlayed um, her fame in Elastica into an art art career. She paints. Oh, cool. Um, and occasionally she hosts TV shows. Um, Annie, their bass player, I think, last I knew of, she I think she owned a pub somewhere, okay. somewhere in London. Their drummer, Justin, uh, is a kind of a drum teacher he has a youtube channel okay and their other guitar player donna after she got into heroin really bad and when she cleaned up i guess um faith is kind of what helped her clean up Um, but apparently she lives in the states somewhere in the north somewhere in the vicinity of wisconsin minnesota somewhere up there she she met her husband and she does a lot of church stuff up there i found her yeah, I've located her. I know where she's at. You're such a fucking creep. I'm not. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to well, say yeah, it on the no. air. I want to keep it quiet. But um, I, th- I think I can probably get a hold of her. Do it. Um, and I've been. I'm scared to, to be honest. It's a, is it one of those like reaching the precipice moments yes. where you're yes. you're too you're too fly, too yes. scared to fly too close to the sun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like uh, just like crack the sky mastodon. When I met Dragon Force the first time, I was terrified they were going to be dicks. Yes, not yeah. that not that it was like I'm scared to meet them as people. I'm just like if I have a bad experience, this will crush me. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So I kind of want to. I almost kind of want to keep it away. Keep it a keep, myth. Keep it segregated. Yeah. You know. I mean, um, but anyway, there's a song on this album called Stutter. Yeah. Um, I'll just read you the lyrics. Read it to me. Okay. Do the thing. <laughs> uh, no need to whine, boy, like a wind-up toy you stutter at my feet. And it's never the time, boy, you've had too much wine to stumble up my street. Well, it isn't a problem. Nothing we can't keep between the sheets tell me your mind love and i will not wait for other bedtime treats okay okay first verse sex really fueled yep yep uh is there something you lack when i'm flat on my back is there something that i can do for you it's always something you ate or it's something you hate tell me is it the way that i touch you have you found a new mate and is she really great is it that i'm just much too much for you whoa whoa four or you. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so why did that, why does that, why does that mean something to you? Cause that uh, seems, that seems like a female's perspective. So it, auto- well, absolute, auto- absolutely. Automatically was like, huh? <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But, um, I've, I've had a long standing infatuation with great, um, rock female vocalists. Yeah. Um, you know, the ladies from Veruca Salt, um, Fiona Apple's first album title, um, PJ Harvey, I've always really liked. I was always really, really intrigued by Luscious Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a songwriter named Liz Fair. Liz Fair got popular in the mid-90s with a song called Supernova. What are you looking at? I hear, I hear rustling of plastic. 
Oh, that's probably one of the cats. Okay. They're Sorry, that's completely chewing, off topic, chewing, but I was like, something. is something, what is that noise? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? Is that going to ruin the podcast? What's what is going, going on? on? Speaking of females, it's a little, anyway, a little bit off topic. Anyway, it's a smidge. Anyway, just a smidge. Okay. I'm just, I'm really into to Nikki West right now, uh, the bass player from Prince, and she's yeah, doing her own thing now. Yeah, 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 she's really yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm really digging it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry, continue. So I just wanted to say that. Anyway, I've just been, I've just been, I've always had a, um, I've always just been drawn to a uh, female singer-songwriter. Yeah. This is plural. <laughs> singer-songwriters. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I, yeah. Yeah. I think you have to take I, I just reading the lyrics or it's kind of unexceptional, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But you have to take um you have to take Elastica in toto to really kind of understand what they're fully capable of. No, I mean I totally get it, man. The lyrics hit everybody a different way. Like they do. Yeah. You just gotta you have to feel it. I mean somebody else doesn't have to feel it. Like yeah. it's it's it is what it is, man. But the the second verse yeah. is the one I like the most. Good. And go <laughs> I'm gonna read it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Good. Uh, don't feed me a line, boy. I can hear that voice you use upon the phone, and there's no need to cr- and there's no need to be coy. That is something you can do upon your own. Well, it isn't a problem. Nothing we can't solve. So just relax. Am I on the wrong train, love? And will I have to tie you to the tracks? Fuck. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there something you lack when I'm flat on my back? Is there something that I can do for you? She is that is those are sexually fueled lines. Right. right. And she's she's um what what I what I get from it is this. She's ready to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. she's laying it all on the line. Yeah. I'm waiting on you. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna let you have your way. Yeah, quote unquote. Quote unquote. Got those air quotes. And you you can't you can't get down on the boogie. Heck. <laughs> Can't, you know, <laughs> can't keep it up and get down on the boogie. <laughs> right. So I've just, get just down. always been, and I think it might have been the age that I discovered the album. I was right around 15. That, that'll, that'll, that's, you could just jerk off to that at 15. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the cover of the album? <laughs> I was never, it's one of the few times where I was like, white girl hot. It's happening. Ah, shit. <laughs> Still to this day, even when I even when I watch the video, I try not to do it when my wife is in the room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I don't yeah. want to make anybody uncomfortable. But just. <laughs> Still when I still when I watch the video just slack jawed like I don't even mind her big nose. You know what I mean? Like, oh God. It's not bothering me. It obviously bothered you so much because you noticed it. Right, right. I'm willing to look past it. I'm like, no. Well, we can we can work with this. I can work with this. Right. I don't want I mean, I just, it's just one of those, you know, it goes back to, there's probably, it's bookmarked in my head by teenage infatuation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the psychological awakening you have as, as, as you're upon the precipice of sexual maturation, you know, that thing. Yeah. That like thing. the, you know, so. that, that moment that you kind of realize, like, the, that, that. I don't, I don't, I don't use this word in the way you're gonna, the way you're gonna think. It's not, it's the first thing that turns you on, I don't mean like sexually, but right. that moment you realize that, oh, this is a thing I like. Yeah, this is, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is yeah. a thing that I'm into. Yeah, that moment will always resonate with you. So anything that yeah. reminds you of that kind of hits a little harder. Yeah, but I do not. I, I just want to make sure that I don't. I'm not. You know. My 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 undying love for that first Alaska album has nothing to do overall 
with a boner. <laughs> Don't believe you, but that's fine. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's just a great album. The songs are amazing, absolutely incredible. And I know, yeah. I know, that, like most of our listeners, you know, because we have people that listen to the show that are like, I went and checked that band out, and there's, you know, yeah, yeah. most of our listeners are going to be you know, like, I fucking listen to that album and it blew, suck shit. They're yeah, gonna, yeah, they're going to leave a comment on the Facebook, be like, you suck, Dustin. You suck. <laughs> you suck real bad. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to have to be. It's not that bad. You know? Come on, guys. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, okay. Me, me, me. Pick, pick my next one. Um. <clears throat> this, is, this is great for the podcast i know fuck off i I have a couple i don't know which one i want to <laughs> which one i want to pick <laughs> okay there it is um this song is by protest the hero oh it's called tapestry hey and it's one, i know this song it's one line in that song that the way he delivers it and then there's a little there's a little bit of like like the personal connection to that to a line like that and i'll give you a little bit of background before this is this this is one of the ones that's going to get a smidge heavy a smidge like emotionally a smidge heavy whoa not crazy but i i went through i went through a rough divorce at one point with a whole bunch of situations and that's what you call it that's what we're going to call it right now um <laughs> need the details i went through a divorce that was that was not mutual i guess you should say and uh, <laughs> both parties weren't involved it was it was one wanted to leave and one did not um i don't want to show up i don't want to do this so so uh yeah basically but i realized like soon afterwards that um the person I was then, I was not happy with. Yeah. Like the, I was, I we, was. We've talked about this. Yeah. I was so unhappy at that time that yeah. I didn't even realize I was so unhappy that I was, a, I've become a person I didn't like. Yes. So I'll, and I didn't notice it till you know, it's over. A shell. Kinda. Yeah. A torrid husk. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Of myself. <laughs> but the, uh, the line is uh, sometimes a knife right through your heart is exactly what you need. Sometimes the things that you're ashamed of make you who you're supposed to be. Whoa. And I was that, like, I literally just got goosebumps just saying it, like, right now. Like, that line, it's sung so beautifully, first of all. It's real slow and mellow, and it's like, sometimes a knife right through your heart is exactly what you need. And I was just like, oh, God, sing it to me, Rody. Sing it to me. And, uh... And it's just like it just hit home real hard for me because like I yeah. went through that like yeah. a a terrible like what other than a death in my family at some point that was the worst experience of my life. So at this point in time, like a divorce on a non mutual situation mm. was like it was fucking rough. So like that the knife right through my heart was exactly what I needed because right. it kind of brought me back to who I was like that, that it was like a, a sort of, a sort of rebirth, a rebirth. Yeah. Like a, yeah. A rebirth through emotional exang, exanguination. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was the, the, the power through pain kind of situation. So like that line always hit really hard for me. So that's what I, that's what I, that's the one I always like. That line always comes back. There's another protest. Protest the Hero has a lot of good lyrics. Their lyrics are, I always like them. I have friends who, they have a song called Sex Tapes. 
that oh. that um is it's a it's definitely a tongue in cheek reference for over sexualization in the media and things like that. But a lot of people don't get it. <laughs> uh, the lyrics are really like, oh, what's one of the lyrics? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember. They're off the top of my head. But it's it's uh it's very sexual in a very aggressive kind of way. Mm. And a lot of people took it as kind of face value. Right. And it's really like if you actually listen to it, it's about like over sexualization in the media. And so a lot of things like that, people don't get their lyrics, I think, sometimes because they are kind of tongue in cheek. But at the same time, they have other songs that are like so <laughs> they're so blatantly what they are that you think it's tongue in cheek and it's not. Right. Like they have a song about like that whole Pitbull band in Canada. They have a song that's literally about the Pitbull band and like they use the word Pitbull. And I for year for like a year thought it was like referencing something else that I heard about the Pitbull band in Canada and I was like, oh, because <laughs> they're Canadian. So it's like their lyrics you really gotta listen because it goes back and forth a whole lot. So hmm. yeah, but that that lyric in particular on Tapestry, like always brought it home for me. It was it was a good lyric. I have hmm. a couple more that are like like I said, it's it's a touchstone for a point in my life that was dark. So I have a, at least one oh one more that was like pertains to that same situation. And it was but that one in particular was like an it, it the next one was like uplifting. It made me feel better about the situation versus that one just like struck a chord. So hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You look like you're pondering very deeply. Mm-hmm. Why? I know things about you. I mean, that's fine. Would you like to share with the class? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we should on air, you know what I mean? I, mean, I don't so, fucking care. I mean, well, it's, I th- you know, I'm just, I'm overlaying that upon what, yeah. upon what I know about you already. Okay. You know what I mean? Because I think we've come to know each other pretty well. We, I mean, we spent a fair amount of time together, so yeah. yeah. Talking about the things. I have other friends I don't see every week. So. Right, right. <laughs> I don't, let's we'll save it for another episode. Okay, we'll move along. We'll okay. move along. All right, it's gonna we're gonna some somewhere along the line we're gonna end up at some sort of like weird sexual inadequacies conversation. You know, like oh, that's, that's, all, that's <laughs> all, well, no, that's where all stuff like this always goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, not yeah, not yeah, that yeah. it's applicable applicable right now, but like that's where it goes with dudes. Yeah, I know, you know what I mean. About. That's the yeah, direction yeah. you always is. Anyway, all right. Hey, what's up, motherfucker? This is Dustin from Music the Lifeblood. Are you on Instagram? Do you like that shit? Well, guess what? So is Music the Lifeblood. Just search Music the Lifeblood. You can check out pictures of my record collection, and you're going to get random pictures of Haggis the Wonder Mutt, the official Music the Lifeblood dog. All right, Instagram. Fuck yeah. Music the Lifeblood. Chewing out rhythm on my bubble gum. The sun is out and I want some. It's not hard, not far to reach. We can hitch a ride to Rockaway Beach. Sure. <laughs> I, I that had, was not what I expected. I, I had to put some. I had to put some Ramones in here. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, that's not unexpected. Spe- but. Specifically for the uh, just the principle of it mm-hmm. that less is more. Much of the time, the Ramones are are simplicity embodied, yeah. you know, in song. The fact that the fact that they can do what they do with 
as little as they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's nothing technical I, going I, on. I think, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing. Up on the roof, out on the street, down on the playing ground, the hot concrete bus ride is too slow. They blast out the disco on the radio. Rock, rock, rock away beach. Yeah. Rock, rock, rock away mm-hmm. beach. That's just so simple. Yeah. There's nothing just complicated. Just feel good, man. Yeah, there's nothing complicated about Let's that. just feel good. Fascinating. 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 It's just so straightforward. Yeah. And what, I, don't, I don't understand. I cannot wrap my head around why the Ramones are not constantly played on classic rock radio. Yeah, because they're definitely an important band that yes, people know well. It's it's just it's just a little crunchier version of the Beach Boys. To be fair, not a lot of punk is played on the radio in general, even no, on it's, classic it's, rock. It's not, but but <clears throat> if you look at the timeline of it, yeah. you know, though the Ramones are punk rock, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you look at the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. that's about as light as you can get. Other than you, you like, I mean? you get like the Clash who gets played, not the Clash, yeah, the Clash who gets played on the radio pretty regularly, which yeah, is it's always barely like, punk. <laughs> well, no, it's because you're, it's you're getting the, the mainstream songs. It's not yeah. like they're playing, you know, I come from Garage Land or it's always. Should I stay or should I go or um, rock the Casbah or something the, like that? I love that song. It's a good song, yeah. but I mean the the Clash are way more, much more gnarly than that. Yeah, when you go back, they, they said they they did the time old thing that people do for those and then heavier bands is right. you write an album and you put one or two songs on there that are radio friendly. Yeah, I've been Sevenfold's been doing it for years. Yeah, well, I mean. When the Clash reached their zenith, it was, I mean, it was so strange because there was so much hype around them. Like when they, you know, when they play at Bonds, you know what I mean? I remember seeing that pictures of that stadium just filled with people and it's the Clash. Yeah. We're talking about like three years earlier, like they were homeless. Yeah. Living, yeah. living in a... Why can't that shit happen to me? Squalor. <laughs> I didn't that. Yeah. Because you're... I don't know. Thanks. I don't know. I was trying. I yeah, I appreciate to, your faith. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to think of something. That it on that one? Is that it on that one? That is, but okay. it's segue into a bigger Ramones lyric. Oh, okay, excuse me. If I just, you, I just wanted to bring you it just up. Get to do two. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like a half. I mean, that's I like have a... one that's literally one line <laughs> in one of these. So. <laughs> And it's not even emotional. I don't have anything to talk about. I was just like, I like this line. <laughs> well, do your line. Do your no, line. No, 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 sir. Excuse me. Big man on totem pole, by all means. <laughs> Fucking just run the show. It's fine. Uh, uh, all, right, all right. No, I don't even want to do it. No, you're good. Do your thing. I'm just fucking with you. Do the thing. Do Do the thing. You ruined the mood. Do the. (laughs) I ruined the mood. Fuck you. (laughs) Just do the fucking Ramones thing. You like the Ramones. Talk about the Ramones. I want to do it. I want to hear it. Now I want to know. Okay. Thank you. All right. So in the early 90s. uh, What? Come on. All right. Well, it might have been. When did. I got to look this up. Oh. Because I got to get it right. Um, so the Ramones released an album called Mondo Bizarro. Yes, I'm familiar. Um, which is um, my favorite Ramones album. What was the band one of the Ramones had? I what it was called. It was something about Japan, and they had some member from some Japanese punk band or you're something talking, like that. You're talking about Osaka Popstar. That's the one. That's the one I'm thinking of. Marky Ramone drum for him. Is that what it was? I just yeah. remember being a freshman in high school 
and still getting like the last like remember scholastic news those mm-hmm. really thin really thin like newspapers you get in like sure. elementary and junior high i got my last one that like that day in freshman year i remember talking about osaka pop star and being like huh i know who that is <laughs> yeah it was um it was uh jerry only uh daz kadena marky ramon john Caffiero, mm-hmm. who is was kind of the misfits manager i think hmm. for a long time or quote unquote the misfits the, the jerry fits is what i would call it yeah um <clears throat> he's actually a pretty good singer really yeah 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 but he did a stupid thing it happens. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so in 1992, the Ramones released an album called Mondo Bizarro, my favorite Ramones album. Yeah. Um, interesting album because uh, uh, it's weird. Through the 80s, the Ramones took a, definitely took a downturn, I think, from an output standpoint, and they str- they struggled because of the the change in the musical landscape, obviously, yeah, yeah. they never broke through. Yeah. The way Blondie, Patti Smith, the Talking Heads—well, they sound very different than those bands. But groups. they all came from the same scene. Yeah, yeah. They never broke through the barrier, so they just kept working. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Ramones toured in a van their entire career. I mean, I know that struggle. Um, and through the 80s, it was really, really interesting, the output they had through the 80s, you know, when they're doing stuff like Howlin' at the Moon, Sha-la-la-la, Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, you know what I mean? They were still doing, they were still singing about the sort of bubble gummy, <clears throat> sniffing glue sort of political commentary that they had always done, but you could tell things were amiss in the Ramones yeah. camp by that point. Well, it's, it's upsetting know? to be... At, like to not lose your status, to work, but to, to not, work hard, and know, not get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you feel like you feel like you're giving 110, percent but you're only getting back 60. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah, absolutely, I get that. So the Ramones albums through the 80s, you could tell DD's DD was unhappy. Yeah, and his songwriting suffered mm-hmm. because of it. Um, you know, they went through a couple different drummers. Tommy left, and then they picked up Marky. Marky had a real bad drinking problem. He left. They pick up Richie Ramone, and then Clem Burke came in and played with him for like a show. And then Marky, <laughs> Marky sobered up and came back. Yeah. Um, but by the time Marky came back, Dee Dee was out the door by that point. Yeah. Dee Dee was, um, you know, Joey wrote songs. Yeah. But I think Dee Dee was the most prolific songwriter of all out of all the Ramones, and he was the most unstable. <laughs> it's usually how to, that works for some reason. To put it mildly. Yeah, yeah. Um, DD had a heroin habit forever. <laughs> they kicked the drummer out for having a drinking problem, but he had a heroin problem. Well, DD wrote good songs. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, and Johnny, Johnny was just, you know what I mean? Johnny was Johnny. was like the drill sergeant of the band, yeah, yeah. you know, and, you know, and Johnny's very conservative. Joey was very liberal and yeah. they had the issue with, uh, Joey's girlfriend leaving him to be with Johnny and Johnny yeah. eventually married her and they didn't talk. They literally didn't talk to each other if it was not absolutely necessary for over, and they're in the same band for over a decade, sat beside each other in a van and didn't speak for 20 years and did not speak to each other. Ugh. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. Um, so by the time Dee Dee leaves, Marky comes back, Marky's feeling good. They pick up CJ CJ was considerably younger than everybody, mm-hmm. um, and 
CJ was like a breath of fresh air into the band, especially yeah. in a live setting. It was started to become a little more exciting to watch the band again because he was moving around and he was having a good time. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And they let CJ sing sometimes. Um, <laughs> and when I interviewed CJ a couple of years ago, yeah. one of the things we talked about, I was like, so what's the impetus to you singing songs? And Well, at rehearsal, I would sing everything. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. and then when Joey would come in and, you know, we'd do our thing. And occasionally there'd just be a song where Johnny would say, let's just let CJ sing it. So CJ ends up singing a couple songs on Mondo Bizarro, Strength to Endure and uh, Main Man are the two songs that he sings on that album. He sang a couple on uh, the Acid Eaters, the covers album, and he sang a couple songs on um, Adios Amigos, the last album. Uh, But anyway, there's a song called um, Strength to Endure on Mondo Bizarro that was written by Dee Dee. Yeah, Dee Dee stayed stayed on as a songwriter with the Ramones. He just did not want to be in the band anymore because yeah. it was miserable for him. I can't imagine. So Dee Dee wrote a song called "Strength to Endure," and easily one of my favorite Ramones songs. There you go. So anyway, um, walking through the crossfire, heart feeling heavy and hopeless, wondering how I'll ever see through this dark mess. Every drop of blood can be so beautiful, and I sure was bleeding the drops by the bucket full. I have the strength to endure. And all the love so pure, I have the strength to endure because, because. I'm not afraid to tell her just how things work. Ride a hurricane through the fast lane, always looking over my shoulder. She said, there's something about you, and neon lights glow hot. Baby, we can see this through. Just give me all the strength you got. Well, shit. That's a little heavier than what their songs are normally about. I mean, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dee Dee wrote a lot about, you know, if you go all the way back to the first album, 53rd and 3rd. Dee Dee was rumored to have been a prostitute. He would turn tricks for heroin money Ooh. on 53rd Street. Yeah. With men. Ugh. You know what I mean? That's so, rough. So, I mean, it is, you know, Dee Dee is the real deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had Dee Dee not been in the Ramones, he he probably would have died 20 years sooner. Ugh. You know, um, it, it's to me, it's fascinating. The the combination of CJ singing Dee Dee's songs and he's mm-hmm. his replacement was always really interesting to me. But from a musical standpoint, I love CJ's voice. Yeah. Um there's a song on a, one of CJ's um mo uh, I think it's what album is it on? Dan I think it's on Dan Last Last Chance to Dance. I think I think it's a yeah, but there's a song he has called Carry Me Away. And still CJ's voice, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. He has that sort of ace freely quality to his vocals. Ooh, I'm not quite I familiar. I'm not sure yeah, which where even even if he was off key, it's still gonna sound really great. Hmm. Because his voice tonally fits that style of music yeah. so well. Yeah. So well. And that's one of those times where listening to his, his fucking New York accent come through on that song and just how how much more youthful the band had become because yeah, of because CJ. Because of that, yeah. So that song has always stuck with me. Just abs- always, always, always stuck with me. Gotcha. I mean, hey. And that's, again, one of those ones that can relate. To, you, can, you can, whatever struggle you're having in your life, you can mm-hmm. put onto that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, I'll pick I'll pick one that's not so emotionally fueled. 
So we got we had two in a row that are Good, pretty that are I, pretty. I have the heavy, heavy. I have the heaviest of the heavy. Here, okay. Here um, I have another one. That's, <clears throat> it's heavy, but it's not crazy heavy. I'll read the whole song. That's not very long. Right. But then there's one line in particular that it's the way he delivers it, and then just it's just a cool fucking line. Mm-hmm. But this is expire by uh, the contortionist on the album Exoplanet. <laughs> I was wondering. I was wondering when you were going to throw something in here. I was uh, some proggy. I, no, I, well, I was wondering. I was specifically, I was wondering about the contortionist yeah. or after the burial. If something was going to lyrically come up. after the burial doesn't. It's not. It's not anything right. prolific. It's just is what it is. Um, the system is now free. Witness our obsolescence in sparks of life. Whoa. A new species can never fathom how quickly it will be extinct. <laughs> the system is now free from error. The system revokes our viral form. Silence becomes primary language. Eternal wave undulate us home. The system is now free from error. Removed from the earth like a scourge with a delicate and yet powerful hand. Idle boundaries allow admission to pull this world apart from the inside. Equilibrium has been disrupted and the surface must collapse. Whoa. Compacted star, the only destination, unavoidable paradigm. The radiant sun engraves its name, unavoidable paradigm. Science mm. lyrics. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. Um, but the line, removed from the earth like a scourge with a delicate and yet powerful hand, is like, holy shit. Because <laughs> the way he delivers it, <laughs> it, it, that is the first line of a breakdown, and those lyrics follow with the beat. <laughs> Removed from the earth, <laughs> the way he says the word "powerful," I don't know. I don't know how he enunciated it to get that. Like the P O W and powerful has this weird like bend in it. Right? Are you looking for it? Um, I, you reminded me. Keep going. Oh, okay. though. Keep going. So like, it's just the way it's delivered. It also has. It always made me think. What is what is being removed from this exoplanet? That is a like a, des, a it's a designer planet. Somebody built this exoplanet, and what is being removed? And what is this powerful? What is the what is the hand like? It, I don't know. It's just it always made me wonder. What is it, the delicate? Yet, what is the delicate yet powerful hand? Which I always, it always had a a, a, a kind of a, a higher power connotation to it. Yet I believe that the album is about a hypothetical situation where um some kind of other being built earth as an exoplanet Mm. and then we're being monitored whoa and then at the end they the exoplanet has failed and they 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 stop it so I, i can't tell if it's supposed to be like it's an overall kind of thing where, like, it, the the delicate your powerful hand is the hand of God, right. like like a more literal sense, and it's like some something is being stopped, like whether that be mankind or whatever it is, mm-hmm. or if it's just the 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 way the story is, which is this whatever has happened on this exoplanet, these beings are stopping. Right. So either way, it just always it made me think, and I love the way it's <clears throat> delivered, and it just I just love that line. I also, it's my currently, it's my ringtone on my phone. There's a lot of science fiction and fantasy. Uh, yeah. Have we met? <laughs> my, my name is Jake. <laughs> I enjoy science fiction and well, fantasy. Well, no, I, th- I think, uh, you know, that's interesting. I like it. I like, you know I, mean? I think the contortionists, less so now they have a new vocalist when they had Jonathan in the band, which Jonathan's from, they're from here. Jonathan lives, we see Jonathan at shows and shit. Um, he's, his lyrics were always really cool. Um, now the new guy, 
they kind of transition from screaming into singing more. With mm-hmm. the Gaidu guy is a great singer, but I cannot stand. I do not like his screaming vocals at all. Um, but his lyrics are different. I don't like them as much. Mm-hmm. They're I don't want to say less aggressive, but there's there's some kind of passiveness about them, oh. and I don't I don't like it as much. I like the exo I like the contortionist when it was sciency and aggressive. Like right. I like I like that that progressive that early aughts progressive sound where everything was get shove kind of it's kind of cliche and corny, but shove the biggest words you can get into this song. <laughs> like I love that, yeah. but it's just. I don't like it as much now. Like uh, languages, their languages is their newest album, and it's great. Right. It's really good. But like lyrically, I always preferred like Exoplanet and what oh, came after Exoplanet. I can't remember what that one's called, but it's really good too. It's, it's also still Jonathan, hmm. but it's it's it's. I really like their their sciency space lyrics. I've always because it leaves so much up open for interpretation. Yeah. So I dig it. Huh. I have to look into it, dude. The contortionist is good shit. For some reason, it made me think of a, an old um, kind of a horror movie called The Cube. Yeah, I know The Cube. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't go all the way back to Shapeshifter, <laughs> you're good. Because <laughs> right. Shapeshifter was their first EP in like 2006 or five, and it is very much like early aughts, like deathcore heavy for the sake of heavy. Mm. You remember, like, like. Um, it was something cadaver that was really popular and just mm. for like a couple months. Oh, it's, it just has that, that mid aught sound of that, that when Deathcore got weird. Sure. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. Like, uh, shit, I care what that band's called. That's going to bother me. But it just has that like really, really down tuned. Everything's a breakdown sound. Mm. And it's just, it's boring. I don't like it, but exoplanet is one of my favorite albums. I love exoplanet. Sounds like it would remind me of uh, Havoc. Really? Yeah. Well, the imagery. Well, not Havoc. God damn it. It's like, what? I just said Havoc. It's not Havoc. That's why I was confused. You mean Vector? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, similar. Yes, absolutely similar. Or Voivod. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. Strap on your seatbelts. Uh, they're, they're thoroughly strapped. <clears throat> Don't be afraid to take a ride on the rape train. Oh, God, here we go. I know mistakes were made. Some died on the rape train. And there's still a lot of people that need to die. Rape train. (laughs) Come aboard, you'll feel the reasons why. Nobody wants to take a ride on the rape train. Still, they find themselves inside of the rape train. Life is going to fuck you up the ass, and we're not even going to stop for gas. I see your tears, and it don't even matter. I know your pain is real, and I don't even care. Evolution is built from disasters. If you don't ride, you're no, you're not going nowhere. A little bit of cancer slug. A little bit of cancer slug. So that's what the viewer discretion was for. Well, okay, all right, everybody, calm down. Calm down. Is that a metaphor for something else? I'm assuming. Uh, well, no, I think it's important to bring this up. Okay, okay, because we talked about it in the uh, kind of. When the social justice warrior political commentary episode that we did a while back came up, and I specifically mentioned this song, and I still think that portion of the conversation is worth bringing up again. Okay. Um, Is there artistic merit? Yes. Absolutely. I I think there is. Do you have to endorse it? Absolutely not. No, you don't. If you you listen to Cannibal Corpse, 
you don't go out and necessarily skin people. Nope. You know what I That's mean? That's the whole thing right now with, <clears throat> with society because lyrics and metal in general take a hit with this all the time because mm-hmm. it's lyrically what upsets people. Yep. Is if you don't like it, just don't listen to it. Yeah. And I think like, um, they don't have to think the same way you do. If yeah. you just if you don't like it, don't listen to yeah. it. Like, and I think we always it seems like whenever we talk about this, we always end up on Burzum. Or Cannibal Corpse. Or Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> yeah. You know. But I still think it's worth mentioning. Um Rape Train is a good song. It's catchy as fuck. <laughs> it's, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good song. Um but that doesn't mean you whole just because you like a song does not mean you wholeheartedly Wave doesn't the, mean you wave the flag do of those things, of, you know, like. of yeah, of what of the content that's in the song, that sort of thing. So, I think it's important, you know, because we do we wholeheartedly endorse Cancer Slug, absolutely. Cancer Slug is a great band. We would not use Generation Behind as our intro music if we didn't feel that way. You know, you go listen to any number of Music the Lifeblood podcast episodes, and and it's you're going to discover that, yep, you know, over a period of time. But I do think. Uh, uh, you know, there, there's, I think there's art, there's artistic things that represent real life. There's artistic things that represent fantasy yeah, and everything in between. And I think to me, cancer slug is, represents more real life. Mm-hmm. The extreme side of real life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's kind of like watching a biography of, like, Ed Gein, you yeah. know what I mean, or something like that. You're going to – there's there's things in there to be understood that do have value, mm-hmm. even though it's coming in such a fucking hard pill to swallow. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I just think I just think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, You know sure. what I mean? So – don't rape people. Yeah, please, please don't. You know please what I mean. Don't, do, don't that. do that because that blows. That's bad. It's bad um, but but I do. I you know I do. I do believe. I do believe that art, things like that, that subject matter, should be okay in an artistic sense. You can talk about that. I don't think people should shut you down. Yep. You know that sort of thing. Nope, I agree. It, yeah. I. Uh, I mean, you can you can write and. What musically say whatever you want like mm-hmm. just if you don't agree with it just don't be a part of it like yeah, yeah. there's no reason like just i just i don't understand the mindset where people get so offended by things because you have to think the way i do and it's like it's like no just don't oh god here it goes again <laughs> you're uh, right there we go okay <laughs> it's just uh it's one of the things where it's like just don't just ignore it. Like it, it yeah. Don't, yeah. They don't have to think the way you do. Yeah. Like people are people. Just ignore it. People are people. So why should it be? <laughs> you and I should get along so awfully. <laughs> people are people. So why should it be? You done? You get You it? and I okay. should get along so awfully. Was, oh, oh, oh. It's like that didn't sound like the end of a verse. I'm just going to wait a second. Do, do, do. Boom. So you kick me and you punch me and you try. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of Depeche mode. <laughs> um, do okay. you want any party? Uh, do you? Want, I have it written right here. Do you want to get any party? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So my I ne- got one more. Oh. I got two. I got two more. I have two more as well. Okay. Um, I this one is another one. This one, same situation, going through a bad time. 
the exact same bad time, in fact, and then the new Dragon Force album came out. Whoa. And I was not looking for any kind of... Like uh, and you were raised to the heavens. Kinda, I it's like it's ascended. I uh, on the wings. I was not expecting on the wings of the phoenix. That I was is not Dragon Force. expecting any emotional value, like to me personally at the time of the Dragon Force album. I was just excited about the new Dragon Force album. I was things like, things strike you, yeah. And it was it was just this is also my favorite Dragon Force song, by the way. Um, it was just kind of one of the things where I listened to it, and I was I remember at the time I was at work and I was still a delivery driver at the time, and I was listening to it in my headphones. And I stopped and was like, I have to listen to this <laughs> and just like get, took the lyrics and read and like just took them in. And the song's called City of Gold. Whoa. And um, <clears throat> the it was one of those situations where it wasn't like a, it didn't make me sad. It like it felt empowering. Like the situation is OK. I can deal with this. And the, and the, the lyrics are uh, now the lights are all gone. You find yourself on your own. Welcome the night because not all that glitters is gold. Now the city has gone. You find your old way back home. Keep up the fight and you'll find the kingdom of gold. Whoa. And I was like it, the, the idea of like the feeling the feeling I had from this was something I also discussed in the last song I talked about, which was the the kind of power through pain rebirth through a bad situation kind of, mm-hmm. kind of thing where it was like j- just the line not all the uh keep up the fight because not all that glitters is gold i was like fuck <laughs> like i feel that so strongly for that <laughs> stupid line but like oh my god and even to the point where i posted about it on facebook and i had friends who were like i literally just listened to dragon force album and i thought of you <laughs> in that song and i was like oh shit <laughs> like that's awesome so, like, I never expected to get any kind of, like, um, like I said, any kind of... I never expected a Dragon Force lyric to hit home. Sure. Because normally it's just... Something is far away and we have to ride to it. Right. That's generally <laughs> what it is. And there's something about fire on the way. Right. And so I was, just, like, fucking just putting on my, my fuck yeah hat for some power metal. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. And what? That you, you, I, you, the, 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 the thing where people wear mini hats. Right. So I put on my fuck yeah hat for my power metal, which is just, it's just, it's just fuck yeah metal. Is Hell all it is. yeah. Yeah. So, and then I heard that song and I was like, oh fuck. And that was also the first album that, uh, we call him Muck because he's, very very british and his name is mark and he says his own name he says muck so uh it was mark's first album getting to write lyrics and so i was like oh fuck mark's got a step up on zp the previous vocalist true so i was like i I was taken back by it in a way that was really positive and kind of like i said i did not expect anything to resonate from a band that's usually just about pillaging and it's a good time space and skies good and time lasers band, and, yeah yeah, and yeah so i i dug it and it, it meant a lot to have that and i actually plan to eventually get a tattoo piece about this song put on me somewhere because huh. like it meant that much to me at the time it was like this is something i will never forget this is a song that i will stick with me forever so cool yeah yeah that was that one that one meant a lot when i heard it and it really helped a bad helped a bad situation emotionally inside through through a song and it's one of the few times in my life where like music always helps me like it's from a from like if i like i when refractions broke up i tried to be like okay i'm done i'm just not gonna play music anymore i'm gonna put this energy into something else 
And it was like, I was a miserable fuck <laughs> to the point where people in my life were like, please play music. You were miserable. <laughs> we are miserable because you are right, miserable. Right. And so I started, gotten thorax, but like, so that's always been a part of my life that gets me through things. But lyrically, something just hitting so home and being like, this, people will say music got me through something. Yeah. I never had that experience until this. And this was like, this kind of was my moment where it was like, oh, I understand what people mean by that now. Because it wasn't an earth-shattering, like, my life has changed kind of thing. But it made a dark time a little less dark. Right. And that was that was a good feeling. Huh. Yeah. That was my favorite Dragon Force song, though. If, if you want to check out a Dragon Force song, I recommend City of Gold off of uh, Maximum Overdrive. That's my favorite one. Is it Maximum Overdrive? Shit, did I just fuck up a Dragon Force title? Well, that's a movie. Yeah, it is indeed a movie. I better, I better, I, I feel silly. It's Maximum something. Did I seriously just goof that up? Just say Maximum Maximum drive. Overload. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Maximum Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive. That's Excuse a great me. movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Curtis, get me out of here. Okay. All right. Got another one? It's going to get heavy. I see, I got one more that's pseudo heavy, not personally, but the song is heavy. Yeah, it's gonna get heavy. Hey, it's Big Jake. I'm coming to you with a PSA today. Twitter, fuck it. We hate it. But do you like it? Well, then I guess you can look at ours or whatever. It's at music underscore TLB. I mean, whatever. Just keep your 140 character bullshit out of my face. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. All right, so I was, uh, prior to meeting my wife. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. I know where this is going. (laughs) Uh, Prior to meeting my wife. um, I gotcha. Yeah, I think about a year prior to meeting my wife, um, I had ended a relationship. Yes. Okay. Um, And it was bad. I've heard the stories that was indeed bad. It was bad. That is not like... Not emotionally bad, like which it was, but also like criminally bad. <laughs> like it's um okay. So I got I got tangled up. I got tangled up with a toxic. Are we going into it? Yeah. I'm, oh, I didn't want to say too much I'm because going, of, well, I'm not no names. Well, obviously, no yeah. Names, but uh, I got tangled up with an absolutely toxic. You got tangled up with a person who should be in a home, sir. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yes. I got I got tangled up with someone that is just <coughs> toxic. Yeah. Toxic, toxic, toxic. Um, manipulative, vindictive, mean, all kinds of things. And um, the relationship was hands down the worst time I've ever had in my life. Yep. It was probably my lowest point. Mm-hmm. The absolute lowest point I've ever had in my adult life. Um, it was ugly. Um, a lot of... Uh, I, I can pretty confidently say that's emotionally abusive. You know I mean, that 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 yeah. I that I somehow stumbled into the trap and like I fell victim to it. Um, ugly, ugly, ugly ass situation. Yeah. Um, I would not wish it. I mean, I would on my worst enemies, but um, <laughs> you know, it's bad. It was it was an ugly, 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 ugly situation. Gotcha. Um, it was bad. Um, and it affected me very, very, very deeply, gotcha. very, very deeply. Um, after the relationship ended, I went into a probably about a two year long, just creative boom. 
Yeah, that'll um, do that. <laughs> and most uh, most of the paintings and the drawings mm-hmm. that you see hanging around my home mm-hmm. came out of that. Um, so I might I might stick up a couple pictures. You should. Things, uh, your art's really good. I'll put so. a, I'll put up a, like a photo album on the the Facebook or something. But um, uh, that's where all that came from. Gotcha. That boom of creativity that happened. It was a release of the 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 anger and the frustration and just all that bleh, that I felt yeah. coming out of that. And it was kind of it was an impetus to feel better. Yeah, for sure. I understand about things, and you're working out your problems is the only way you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coming out of that relationship, you know, I've I've always listened to the bands that I listen to, and there's a band called Brand New. Okay. um, That you know, I've just kind of casually listened to. Yeah. You know, never got really deeply into them, but uh, I'd been around people that were really into them, so I was very I was familiar enough with them. Yeah. That sort of thing. I was like, yeah, it's a good song, whatever. Um, But there's a song they have called. Sick Transit Gloria Gloria Fades and it's it's on an album Deja Intendu. The lyrics to that song struck me. Yeah. For some reason. Um I I mean I can see like there's some sort of weird parallels but there's reverse roles. You know what I mean in that sort of thing but I think the tone of the song is what mm-hmm. struck me so hard. And uh when I was drawing and painting a lot I often would find myself listening to that song. Gotcha. Um, just I don't know. Just kind of happens. I don't know. It yeah. was that the that that album, a brand new, and a lot of Def Leppard, High and Dry. Good, um, <laughs> which was interesting. It's kind you know of a, I mean? interesting a black enough. and white there. You know, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I mean, one the pendulum swings. You know, yeah, yeah. But anyway, the lyrics <clears throat> of the song are really, really interesting. Um, and keep in mind, some of these lyrics are layered over the top of each other, so I'm not going to read them in the way that they flow in the song, but I'll mm-hmm. just read them. Um, because it, eh, it won't make it's going to be kind of weird. I get you. I get you. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> uh, keep the noise low. She doesn't want to blow it, shaking head to toe uh, while your left hand does the show me around. Quickens your heartbeat. It beats me straight to the ground. You don't recover from a night like this. A victim still lying in bed, completely motionless. A hand moves in the dark to a zipper. Hear a boy bracing tight against the sheets, barely whisper, This is so messed up. Upon arrival, the guests had all stared, dripping wet and clearly depressed. He'd headed straight for the stairs, no longer cool, but a boy in a stitch, unprepared for a life full of lies and failing relationships. Up the stairs, the station where the act becomes the art of growing up. He keeps his hands low. He doesn't want to blow it. He He's wet from head to toe, and his eyes give her the up and down. His stomach turns, and he thinks of throwing up, but the body on the bed beckons forward, and he starts growing up. Uh, the fever, the focus, the reasons I had to believe you weren't too hard to sell, die young and save yourself, the tickle, the taste of, I, it used to be the reason I breathe, but now it's choking me up, die young and save yourself. Jeez. I know. Yeah. Mega heavy. Yeah. Mega heavy. So I don't want to end the show on a sour note or anything. I forgot so, one more anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll both do one more. But I felt like this was this was worth bringing up because I have, I've put some distance Oh yeah, for I've, sure. I put a, I mean, a decade. Yeah, you know, between between uh, then and now, and you know, I have you know hindsight, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting in your life if you ever have the misfortune of getting tangled up with someone that is so toxic and so manipulative mm-hmm. that they can kind of begin to change the way you see the world around yeah. you. Yeah. Um, all the things that were familiar stop becoming familiar. It's a very interesting place to be in. 
You know what I mean? And I don't, yeah. I don't ever want to go back there. Uh, but every time I hear that song, you know, transplanted back to yeah, kind of how the, how all that stuff felt. And I'm at the point now in the in the process of you know coming to terms, yeah, and such, yeah, maturing and stuff like that. And I know that um, I, I know that probably the person I was at the time just wasn't ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just wasn't ready to know what to do to be able to deal with. Yeah, I mean it's over a decade ago. You yeah. Were yeah. Yeah. So completely it's completely different. Yeah. So it's it's really, really interesting. So whenever I hear that song now, it doesn't necessarily bring back all those bad feelings or anything. But it's more kind it's a of moment uh moment in time kind of thing. Yeah, more yeah. sort of reflective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, For that sure. sort of thing. So really interesting. Absolutely. Really, really, really interesting. Gotcha. Someday, I don't know. Maybe we'll do. We'll finally do the Morrissey episode, and uh, <sighs> that's going to be a, a emotionally heavy and b we'll, we'll get, awful. We'll get, we'll get everything on the table. Uh, <laughs> let's stay away from it, though. Okay. All right. My last one is also kind of sad, so maybe we'll have to wrap it up with something else. Sad. It's sad. Now, this is not sad in any personal way. This was just like I heard this song, and I was like, oh. Oh, this makes me sad. <laughs> nothing to do with me, but like, oh my God. Um, this is a Bare Naked Lady song. I feel bad. This is a Bare Naked Lady song off of an album that is generally regarded as their worst album. Whoa. Um, the album is called Everything to Everyone, and it came out when I was in like eighth grade, eighth right. grade or freshman year, and I got it for Christmas because I, I had... My dad briefly got into this weird when I was young. I think I was in I was in elementary school. My dad briefly got into this weird like alternative music kick. Sweet. And my dad likes like Kiss and Fog Hat and Nazareth and so like, right. like just ran ZZ Top like typical dad rock. Dad rock. And like just randomly he got into like weird alternative nineties music for like half a year and then it just he just fell back it back into slow ride <laughs> so i got all those cds he no longer listened to sweet two of them was Bernanke ladies gordon their first album from 93 mm. mm-hmm. and then i think it's called what's that album's called the one with it's been one week right, 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 right. i think it's called trapped i can't remember yeah, i didn't listen to that one as much but gordon and then because of those two albums me listening to them constantly my parents got me everything to everyone for christmas um, and I was young. I was like in eighth grade. And there was a song on it called War on Drugs. And I don't know if it's if it's purposefully on every album or if it's just something I've noticed or maybe I'm misinterpreting it. There seems to be a song about suicide or suicide prevention on every single Barnecca Lady song. Huh. Don't know why. Just every album has one about it. This is that song. I have had no one close to me in my life commit suicide. But I heard this song and I cried. <laughs> I was sad. I was like, this is the saddest song I've ever fucking heard. And it is because musically, it is incredibly minimalistic. Yeah. It is really light toms with what might be brushes. There's no like hi-hat and snare. It's just like real, just real light background, single chords on an electric guitar with no distortion and really chill vocals and light piano in the background. It's incredibly mellow. The lyrics are, the, even this the first one, when you think about, when they put into the connotation of this is a song about suicide, it's like, fuck, this is going to be sad. <laughs> and it's, she likes to sleep with the radio on so she can dream of her favorite song, the one that no one has ever sung since she was small. It's already like, this is going to get rough. 
The next line is, the next line is, she'll never know that she made it up. She had a soul and we ate it up. Thrown away like a paper cup, the music falls. Oh. And I was like, oh, God. And then those are the two lines that I was, I remember being young and being like, I don't, what am I feeling? <laughs> like, like being sad. And then the chorus, the chorus, which also just lyrically is really cool. Right. It also was sad. <laughs> And um, won't it be dull when we rid ourselves of all these demons haunting us to keep us company? And then the next line that kind of like, um, kind of, I don't want to say, it's it's the last couple lines before they just redo the chorus a couple times. And it's, in the dream I refuse to have, she falls asleep in a lukewarm bath and we're left to deal with the aftermath again. And I was like, <laughs> that lady died in a bath. <laughs> The lady slid a wrist in a birth and it makes me sad. <laughs> and again, no one in my life has committed suicide close to me. Uh, Cl- they, my close family. Right. And I just was like in eighth grade sitting in my room on a bright yellow Walkman. Just, <laughs> just like trying to keep my shit together and playing Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> just like... <laughs> It's such a strange moment in time that, like, every time I hear that song, I'm just like, keep it together. You're going to be all right. But it's just, it's so slow and so pretty and so sad. Yeah. And it's just, man, it just gets me every time. There's a song called Diamonds and Rust by Joan Baez. Yeah. That does that yeah. to me. It makes yeah. me just like, ah oh, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> this song's so good, but now I'm so sad. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember showing that to my mom because like, me and mom have a pretty close relationship. And I remember showing it to her one day, like not long after I got it, and she was like, Oh, <laughs> like I remember. <laughs> I remember she was she. She didn't come out and say it, but right. the look she gave me was, "I should have listened to that before I gave it to him." <laughs> like <laughs> the look of just like that's probably a little too heavy for an eighth grader. Right. Like, right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. My mom is like, "What? Okay." Uh, so my parents were incredibly like Whatever. parental. Like, yeah. I literally wasn't allowed to watch a PG-13 movie until I was 13. Right. And unless unless previously viewed and okayed. Right. That's why <laughs> the shitty, shitty shit movie Volcano, it's one of my favorites. Okay. Because... The first one? I got to see it before... This is amazing. I was like 11 and I got to see a PG-13 movie. See, my, my mom and dad just... The throttle was wide open. No, I know, was incredibly this. restricted. Yeah. I wasn't a lot. My parents are, I'd say, religious, but not overly religious. I, I remember, I, I literally remember having a conversation with my mom. Hey, mom, check out this guy, Gigi Allen. Like, <laughs> that literally happened. Yeah. Like, it actually happened. I remember my brother, my brother and I really hit a fork in the road with each yeah. other. Um, we went separate ways for quite a while, and... I remember my brother being like, that's shit. And I'm like, no, this is awesome. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I'm going to play you some Black Flag now. Deal with it. And he's <laughs> like, here's all this cannibal corpse. <laughs> no, no, Derek, Derek. Oh, really? See, I thought he was the one that got you into that stuff. No, like no, no. Stuff. I just kind of dis- I slowly just discovered gotcha. most things on my own. Uh, but no, Derek really likes like Jimi Hendrix and um, Eric Clapton, Steve no, Ray Vaughan. No shame um, in that. He's a big Mastodon fan. He likes Clutch a lot. So 
Yeah, I uh, kind of an interesting. Just uh, my parents, like, not really overly religious. Not really like they they're moderately religious, right. but like Pokemon was fine, no problem there. Yu Gi Oh, Yu Gi Oh, however, wasn't about they weren't about it. Bought Yu Gi Oh cards, brought them home, and they made me get rid of some of them. I remember being like twelve, like this is fucking bullshit, <laughs> just being really <laughs> upset. Yeah, but like I was inc- I was incredibly monitored, right? For like that's because you're an only child. Yeah, I wouldn't say overly monitored because I had friends who couldn't listen to like ACDC and Metallica because sure. it was you know the devil music. So that that they were fine with that. They were like the Zeppelin. They were like. I don't like you listening to Sabbath, but it's okay. Right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's fine. But there, like, there's there's sometimes I wish that I hadn't gone so heavy so soon. You yeah, know what I mean? Where do you go now? Because yeah, because yeah. I'm like I I mean I've already watched a guy shit in his own hands and shoving in a chick's mouth. What? So what was that? What? Gigi Allen. Did he do that on stage? Oh, yeah, yeah. I knew he like would shit on people, but I didn't know he like or see, I knew he would shit on stage. Yeah. I didn't know he shoved it in a chick's mouth. Oh yeah. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's real gross. I re- and uh, and I remember you go back to watching like Kiss bootlegs and be like, this is boring. <laughs> Nobody's getting shit on in this video. <laughs> is, Paul, is Paul Stanley going to piss on somebody? What's happening? <laughs> I don't. I don't get the draw here. I don't <laughs> like. Yeah, I think I just I think I went too heavy too soon. Yeah, see, you know I don't. I mean? yeah, so it's like, not like I was like, let's watch some snuff films. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it wasn't that. See, that's my my, my generation is has the unfortunate effect of internet culture. Yeah. So like, I have friends who were like twelve years old who were stumbling across like Mr. Hands and snuff films oh, and yeah, yeah. all this terrible fucked up shit. And I'm and I remember being now as an adult. <laughs> And like recently, like you go, you see this new, did you ever see this thing? And I'm like, no, they show it to me. I'm like, oh my God, like, I don't want to see this. Like, and there's like, I saw this when I was like 14. Like, you're a monster. You're a monster. What the fuck is wrong with you? You're not a human. I remember being in like a freshman in high school and my, I was a sophomore. My girlfriend was a freshman. I remember her being like, yeah, I go to rotten.com all the time. And yeah. I'm like, you're so fucked up. Why is that okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, th- I don't know. Morbid curiosity. Ugh. <laughs> all right. Anyway, last one. Yep. Okay. Oh, you got one more? I thought you had two. That's three. I'll just do one. Okay. Make it a happy one. This shit's been, this shit's been a downer. Ah, oh, crap. This will have to do. This will just have to do. Um, okay. All right. So, uh, Iron Maiden. Oh, fuck yeah. Everyone knows that I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. Um, and specifically, there's a song they have called Power Slave. Fuck yeah, uh, they got Power Slave. Written by Mr. Bruce Dickinson. And uh, some of my most favorite lyrics. So much so that I tattooed that shit on me. You did. I got a big old Power Slave chess piece. You do. It's amazing. So, I need uh, to get some fucking ink. What? I need to get some ink. We'll just get you some henna. That's all you need. That's not. <clears throat> all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, into the abyss I fall, the eye of Horus, into the eyes of the night watching me go. Green is the cat's eye that glows in this temple, enter the Riznosiris, risen again. Tell me why I had to be a power slave. I don't want to die, I'm a god, why can't I live on? When the life giver dies, all around is laid waste. And in my last hour, I'm a slave to the power of death. 
I feel like I could have just never taken a history class in high school, listened to every Iron Maiden album, and mm. had a pretty solid idea of the history of the world. <laughs> you would you would have did okay on I the SATs. Learned, I would have learned some some <laughs> American history. I would have learned some about Egypt. I would right, have right. I would have had it covered. Right. I, th- I think I think the the fascinating thing about Iron Maiden is obviously there's that um, um, there's an escapism quality. That's why I love to, Iron Maiden. To, it's to, a fantasy. Yeah, to yeah. Iron Maiden. But most of it is tied into... It's based in fact. Yeah, based yeah. In, in factual events. When you hear something like Winston Churchill, we will defend our island, whatever the cost may be. Yeah. You know, you hear Churchill's speech at the yeah. beginning of, you know, before Ace is High on Live After Death, like... Oh, that's a real guy. That's that's Winston Churchill. That's Winston Churchill. Most, I know that guy. Let's check that guy out. He sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> you know, I, that's the most interesting thing about Maiden, and it's all over their fucking career. Yeah. Um, you know, the modern, quote-unquote, Maiden, um, I think one of the most fascinating ones is Passchendaele. Mm-hmm. It's a song written by Adrian Smith. Uh, it's about, you know, the. I think that's in France, I think. Uh, but a big old battle that happened in France where a lot of people died. Yeah. That's, a lot of them. Yeah. Um, Are you familiar with the the historical timeline that we just refer to as the Troubles? <laughs> where things were just bad and you dealt with it. <laughs> it shit sucked all around. We just refer to that from like when like colonial America to like 1980. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. But like, yeah, there's there's a timeline that we just referred to as the troubles. The troubles. <laughs> Not so good. No, things were just things weren't great. Medieval <laughs> times to like colonial America. From here to here. Not the best. The troubles. <laughs> but I think it's the Iron Maiden's fascinating in that sense to me. Um you know, I I like the I've always been sort of casually casually intrigued by egyptology oh i thought you were gonna say um, you were casually interested in maiden and i was like what <laughs> a little more than casual <laughs> a little more than casual a little more than 